0: Hello and welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value.
1: Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers as usual, so here's your warning.
0: I'm Ashley.
1: And I'm Alex.
0: And I'll start by asking, what is new to you, Alex?
1: Well, last night we had <laughs> the uh, local book launch for my, my new chapbook of poems. And... Oh, No
0: Gino Way, how was it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I was there, was, and it was fantastic. Yeah, it was it was fun. Um, the way I keep describing it was like it wasn't like super packed or anything, but it didn't feel like empty or
0: it was just kind of cozy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and the whole event space was really cozy. Um, shout well, out yeah, to it was Hutchinson. House. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a house that's sort of been renovated for business purposes. Um, they do like. Cannabis related events there, so Um, but it was was gotta love
0: the Pacific Northwest, (laughs) right?
1: Right. Um, They do like these uh, lifted events, so they'll like smoke pot and then write some poetry, or they'll smoke pot and then do some like painting or or ceramic making. So it's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, I didn't even know that space was there, which is crazy because that's the neighborhood I used to live in. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like I lived like. Five minutes from there.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was, but so it, was it was really,
0: really fun. Yeah, it
1: was a fun turnout. I'm so exhausted. Like, <laughs> I bet. Because <laughs> we had to move all of the furniture out and then move all, of, like, the chairs around and get the food set up. And then, like, it's... You don't realize how worn out you get by, like, small talk and, like... Uh, I, I was basically the MC as well just because I didn't want yeah. to uh, make anybody else do it. So... I kind of wore myself out there, and then I got home, ate a bunch of the leftovers. So then I couldn't sleep.
0: <laughs> so I'm just they like were, it was good oh. nipples
1: though. Oh yeah, I've got I've got lunch for the next year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not sure it'll keep that long. But... Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was a good spread. It was a great time. I had I really enjoyed it a lot. And you're uh, your guest poets were really really great and just such nice cool people
1: i was so impressed by not only their work because i mean they've grown a lot even though i haven't known some of them the longest time but they've grown their work's grown a lot and then also they picked really great stuff i, I always I said was like oh here's a theme you can follow it if you want you don't have to and a lot of them either picked a theme and or a similar theme and went with it or they like sort of catered their own mini-theme within it, which was really cool, so yeah, it was awesome.
0: That was a really, really great time, and I got my signed copy. Woo-woo! <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then I had you sign it in literary merit magenta, so... <laughs> it's a very teal book so yeah mm -hmm. like that aqua blue and so i I I had to have you sign it in pink
1: i'm gonna have to find a teal pen but it just works so well with the set that i have that i don't know it's a lot of work
0: it's a good set of pens yeah (laughs) well gosh i know that you're probably just mostly been really busy putting that together but have you been up to anything else
1: oh oh yeah i've been building my um my halloween mask
0: Yeah, I've seen the pictures. That thing looks rad. Did you get, like, a template from the internet or something? Yeah, so
1: there's this website called Wintercroft, and that's, like, Mm. the last name of the artist who designed them all, and they're, like, these low-poly animal masks. Um, And
0: and you just make them out of folded paper? Yeah, so
1: what you do is you you print them out, and then you uh, tape them, or glue them, sorry, to uh, a thicker card. So I used, like, poster board, like, thin poster board. Okay. Okay. And then you cut them all out, and then you either glue or tape them together. I taped them because my glue was not sticking.
0: <laughs> yeah, you glue really is not, like, great across the board. Like, you need a specific glue for a specific job. Yeah,
1: and, and like, the folds really, once everything's together, they sort of almost latch in a little bit. But when, once you're first starting to get it all connected, it's a little tough.
0: Um, I can imagine I would
1: highly recommend it as like if you need a project to work on and you want to do something a little cool and creative Um, Mm -hmm. It's not easy. I got a little frustrated near the end. So basically I end up with two halves of this um, bull head And I was like, how am I supposed to tape them together while simultaneously holding the two pieces?
0: That, yeah, that would present some problems. Um, Did you get like an extra set of hands to help you or something? No,
1: I, I took a break so that I wouldn't be frustrated, <laughs> which is a very like smart thing to do that I was proud of myself for. Um, and then I um, like held one half in my legs and then I sort of decided to try a different half of it because it had like 16 different attachment points between the two pieces. So I just yeah. tried it from a different angle and it and it worked.
0: Cool. Yeah, no, it's looking super awesome. What are you going to do for the rest of the costume?
1: I think, so, What I, I've been talking to a couple people, and I'm like, I think I'll just do, like, a hipster minotaur kind of thing. <laughs> so, like, the big bull's head, and then just, like, I don't know, some trendy clothes, I don't know.
0: Yeah, some plaid, maybe. Yeah,
1: because um, most likely this I'll probably... minotaur
0: appropriate. Yeah,
1: I'll probably just end up working the night of halloween so i might only get like two hours worth of halloween party oh Um, yeah so uh, just having a mask is is good
0: (laughs) yeah well i gotta say it's a departure from last year's halloween costume for you
1: (laughs) yeah i didn't want to like do all the makeup and and all that like yeah yeah
0: For listeners, Alex was a very big witch.
1: (laughs) A very big witch, (laughs) yeah. I should change...
0: The biggest witch I ever saw. I
1: have um, uh, a character for my next collection of poems. Uh, It's called Fat Witch, so maybe I should change it to Big Witch.
0: (laughs) Big Witch. (laughs) It's the best way to describe it, I think. Just a big, big witch.
1: Well, because I'm 6'4", and I was wearing heels...
0: And a, and a big wig, a, a really big wig. Big wig,
1: big hat. Yeah, it was...
0: It was a big costume.
1: <laughs> what have you been up to? Uh,
0: you know, like, not a great deal. I've been, honestly, I've been putting things off. Like, I really need to work on this freaking audiobook mm-hmm. <laughs> that I'm making. But, um, y- you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm starting to think about my Halloween costume and... Uh, you know it's because it's a work day it's a tuesday yeah. um and my co-workers are like we're in, everybody dress up we want to see your costumes come to work in costumes which is great it's fun i love yeah. that they're encouraging mm-hmm. that but like i was gonna dress up as taco from the adventure zone oh. but i think i'm gonna nix that because i don't want to spend all explaining day explaining it. to yeah. people what i am and feeling weird about yeah. it because it's like this is gonna sound dumb and weird like, and you're not gonna get it and i'm not gonna have fun so. like
1: you're a taco what <laughs> I mean, I guess you could Yeah, in like... order to
0: be like, uh, I'm this weird elf wizard who is kind of like a hot mess. I don't know how to explain to you what taco is.
1: So all you I have to say is, I have brother. magic powers. That's all you have to say. I have
0: magic powers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm probably just because, like, I don't want to, especially because it's like, I don't know if I'm even going to be able to do anything on Halloween. Yeah. Like, maybe I'll go out with my dad's girlfriend's daughter to take her trick or treating. Mm-hmm but like i've got nothing to do i've got nowhere to go and so i think i'm probably just gonna bust out my renfair costume and wear that to work that's
1: easy yeah
0: mm-hmm. it's easy i'm proud of it i want a chance to wear it again um i can show it off people will be like that's so cute and i'll be like i made it <laughs> so that's,
1: well you can do like a fun be... makeup kind of look too with it too you could
0: yeah because i mean that sort I'm of like, that go- sort
1: of like a costume you can do like a fairy makeup, or you can do, like... You can dress it up yeah. in a lot of
0: ways. I might... Yeah, tomorrow Will and I are going to go shopping. We decided it's been too long since we just, like, went out and shopped. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very excited. And <laughs> <laughs> while we're out, I might try to, like, pick up some embellishments or something for the costume. Just to, you know, change it up, make it a little more fun. Yeah. But, yeah, I haven't really been doing anything at all, I don't think. Unless, like, there's something that I did that's, like duh i just <laughs> completely spaced it right now
1: well you've been yeah, doing a good know. job um keeping up with the the podcast twitter seeing more of you there i'm trying
0: really cool. we've got like followers now so <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah, post some stuff i should probably log yeah. in and,
1: and, and help with that too but i've it's, well it, if it's anytime hard to, you want to it's hard to bounce between them you know
0: yeah um so yeah check check the twitter um listeners because i I posted a link to the newest episode of movies with mikey our favorite youtube show um because he just did an episode on hot fuzz which i think has a lot of interesting interaction with our last episode on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I actually just watched it this morning and was like, okay, um, relevant. <laughs> so, so I shared a link on there. I really recommend checking it out. It's a great show. It's very entertaining and fun, but he's got a lot of smart things to say. He's so smart and he's, he's also Mikey. so
1: positive, which is so in line with our whole motive, you know?
0: Mikey! <laughs> You're so great, Mikey. Yeah well um what do you say we just uh hop right into it sure so because it's a spooky time (laughs) uh this episode's going up the day before halloween um so of course we had to do something um the new uh, amazon prime series lore based on the hit podcast which is One of my favorite podcasts I've ever listened to. I just blazed through the entire backlog of it. It's (laughs) so, so good. Um, But the the Amazon Prime series just came out on Friday the 13th, and I thought it would be an interesting thing to talk about. Um, For anyone who hasn't uh, listened or watched, basically, Aaron Menke, the host, he just tells you about spooky folklore from all over the world mostly western stuff but not strictly um just like telling you stories and like sort of interrelated concepts and stuff each episode um, of the podcast tends to center around um sort of a one little concept and then sort of branches off Um, And talks about, you know, different ways that that concept is manifested in folklore uh, in different places. Uh, There's this great episode (laughs) about, like, ships and shipwrecks um, (laughs) of the podcast that I really, really enjoyed. Um, You know, talking about, like, shipwrecks and lighthouses and um, just a really interesting sort of a theme for folklore. Because, obviously, there's going to be plenty out there, but you don't necessarily think of it as, like, a genre of folklore. It's not
1: like a cryptid. It's not like a monster. Yeah, not not, a creature. It's not like a a, a serial killer or, you know.
0: Yeah, haunted house or something. Yeah, like, it's it's something you might not come to initially. And he's got a lot of episodes of this podcast, so, you know, he's got to get creative with his themes, but the um, Amazon series is mostly what we're talking about today. No doubt we will be comparing the two (laughs) to some degree. Uh, But it's six episodes, um, and they're definitely sort of more uh, broad, sort of iconic topics, but that's to be expected for the first season of this series, just as sort of an entry point. Um, So, I guess we can just start by uh, talking about what what did you think of it? Like, what are your initial thoughts and responses to it? So,
1: I, I started with the first episode, and at first I was like, What is going on? Like, because (laughs) they, like, slowly introduce, like, I don't know, like, two to three vaguely connected stories or families. Mm -hmm. And then they, like, reenact this, like, whole thing. And it's like, where is this going? Where is this going? It's interesting, but where is this going?
0: Remind me, the first episode, was that they made a tonic?
1: Yes, it is. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yes, um, and sort of the main theme of this one ended up being sort of like, sort of like vampires.
1: Yeah, and and honestly, I I was like skipping through the episode because I just it was not like it didn't make sense at first. And then I and, mm-hmm. and then I got to the the last like five minutes, and then at the end it's like and that's how the modern vampire was created. I'm like,
0: what? <laughs> that was about vampires, right?
1: It was it was like. It was so strange and, like, such a roundabout way to explain that, but I don't think I would have um, been left with the same sort of impact of it if they had started off with, like, this is the vampire episode.
0: Yeah. um, It's sort of interesting, the the difference between the podcast episodes and the uh tv episodes i don't know what to call it because it's not on tv it's amazon but it's still tv
1: that's what they still call it yeah it's
0: tv i don't know it's just weird we need new words Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but sort of the format of most podcast episodes is he'll start with one small anecdote that sort of is an entry point into the theme of the episode Mm -hmm. or um you know like the like the shipwreck episode it was it was a really interesting anecdote because it wasn't even really folklore it was actually a thing that happened just a few years ago um that's that was a real real thing where there was this derelict ship that was headed for the coast of ireland and they were especially concerned about it because they happened to know that it was full of crazy rats because uh, <laughs> all of the humans, all of the human sailors had ab- had abandoned the ship and but of course there's always going to be some vermin yeah. on a ship and so there was this population of rats that had been living on the ship and they presumed that these rats would have eaten through all of the food Um, on the ship and then probably begun cannibalizing each other and so by the time this ship reached the shore it would just be this frenzied swarm of starving rats and they were like what are we going to do (laughs) and so it was this very interesting little anecdote and he uses that sort of as an entry point to like and also there are other scary ships that are maybe a little bit more fantastical than that. Uh, so that's that's generally how they begin, and so you sort of have an idea what you're in for. And I'll agree, especially that first episode, yeah. it feels a little off kilter, a little disjointed. Maybe yeah. I'm not sure. And I think it, it's also like
1: the the sort of genre of the the whole show. It's like it's like very much, um, you know, how uh, History Channel and Science Channel have sort of devolved into these semi. Uh, yeah yeah, you know
0: (laughs) pseudo-scientific
1: semi-reality shows like yeah it's very that um but really well like his um his narration is really really clear and really like it's like monotone but really smart alecky kind of too
0: yeah, he's got a good sort of dry wit yeah. about him. Um, um, and, you know, yeah, he's 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 by this point a very experienced voiceover artist. Yeah,
1: so. <laughs> and the acting... I haven't
0: done the podcast the for a couple The acting for the,
1: for the re- recreations is not, like, god-awful. It's pretty good. Yeah.
0: You know, I, I don't know, I was on the fence. The dramatizations, sometimes they were pretty good, sometimes they were a little less than good. Okay, yeah. I, I, don't, I,
1: don't I only watched about three of the episodes, so I didn't get, a, like, a okay. perfect... Um, it also depends on, like, what story, because, like, in the They Made a Tonic episode, mm-hmm. it was very, like, we're watching it happen, there wasn't too much interaction between the characters, um, yeah. whereas Black Stockings, times, it was all about the relationships between the characters.
0: I, I really enjoy. you know, I want to talk about Black Stockings. We will, of course, yes. Uh,
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Um, I mean, yeah, was there something else you wanted to get to first? No, or I would just sort modify... of,
1: we can jump into it, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, what I wanted to say about that, especially on the subject of the dramatizations, is that, um, because I will say, all of, most of these main stories um, in these episodes are stories that have already been covered on the podcast. I mean, it's no great surprise. They're sort of Mm -hmm. like the big, good hits from the podcast. And he threw in a couple little, like, adjacent stories that I don't recall hearing. Well,
1: I mean, he already had the research, so why, like, do more, you know... these are, it's, these it's are whole super new research format, so. heavy. I would say that is probably mm-hmm. the most impressive part of the show. That and like the cool animation is like the research behind yeah. this. It's incredible. Yeah, I really enjoyed incredible it. Incredible. Yeah, research. well,
0: and, and, as a sidebar, yeah, apparently Aaron Mankey started this podcast because he he's actually a novelist and he writes like thrillers and mysteries and spooky stories. Mm-hmm. And so he, in order to research for his stories, he would you know, read about a lot of interesting folklore and, like, scary stories and things that may have happened and, you know, mysteries and stuff. And so you just had all these really fascinating stories compiled that he's like, well, I can't really do anything with these. Like, you know, I have so much here that I'm not even using in my books. It's just such cool information. I want to share it in some way. So he started writing, like, some essays. Oh, He's like, these are too long-winded. No one's going (laughs) to read these, like, for fun. Yeah. What do I do with them? And he decided, like, well, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Maybe someone might want to listen to them. Yeah. Um, So he just kind of had a lot of this stuff already and was like, I just need to tell this to people it's so cool Uh, but on the subject of black stalking so yeah that was one that I remembered from the podcast I'm sure there are a lot of a lot that I've forgotten because it's (laughs) sort of a long series at this point but that one really stuck out to me it was an interesting you know the story of Bridget and her husband believing that she's a changeling um and he just sort of described her. You know, like yeah. it's a podcast and you know there's that's the big difference between the show and the podcast is is the dramatization. Yeah. And so he's just like, "Oh, you know, Bridget was a, you know, strong, independent woman and she was an entrepreneur and, you know, she maybe didn't fit in with her community because of her strong will and her, you know, whatever." And so it's like, "Okay, I get the idea of this woman, yeah. but it's a totally different thing to see it dramatized." Yeah. And I got to say, like, listening to the podcast, you know, he's just telling the stories of, like, and then, you know, that night, her husband, you know, in a fit of rage, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And it's like, it's an interesting story, but you don't really feel the impact oh, of yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You're just sort of hearing it. It's almost like a, in a journalistic yeah. way in the podcast. And to see... It was intense. Like, that, the moment when she was accidentally killed in that episode really hit me in a way that that whole episode of the podcast did not. Like, I thought it was an interesting story, but the idea of just, like, this terrible struggle, and she falls, and she hits her head, and it was just like, oh, God, like, what a terrible thing to be put through. (laughs) Like The the moment for me that
1: was really intense from that episode was when she was trying to sort of pretend to be herself, in order to stop her husband from torturing her.
0: Yeah, where she's just like, what does he want me to be? Right? What does he believe oh, that I am? That How can horrifying. I make him understand? Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's terrifying. And and so, you know, sometimes I'd say the dramatizations don't always land. They might they're a little I don't know, questionable of quality. Sometimes, but when it works, yeah. it really heightens the impact of the stories and, and, and reminds you, like, you know, this may be some sort of fantastical folklore, but a lot of it comes from real things that happened. Yeah. And there may be other explanations for it, but, like, this is something that a person went through, whatever it was.
1: Yeah, and I that, the acting in, in, in that particular one was so, so the, the main character, Bridget, was played by Holland Roden. Who um, was on Teen Wolf And I loved her from Teen Wolf Her character in Teen <laughs> yeah, Wolf I, I, Is the best character in Teen Wolf um, and
0: Yeah I noticed there were a few in, in different episodes there were a few Sort of maybe less well known But still yeah, notable mm-hmm. actors But I also
1: thought the husband Whoever he was in that episode What a horrifying portrayal
0: He really sold he it I thought like, He didn't yeah, seem like he was, was
1: acting Which is pretty pretty crazy like he just seemed like he was an angry husband
0: (laughs) yeah i i I will say like that was a character that was a little harder to understand in the podcast it's like what are you going through dude that like you would do this and think this but the way they set it up with him like already feeling like jealous yeah he's being left behind by the time suspicious like yeah he's suspicious yeah his wife is becoming this independent
1: businesswoman and he's like...
0: And that's not what he signed up for. That's not what for. he signed up for, and <laughs> no. that's not what
1: he's been taught. He's been taught that yeah. he needs to be the breadwinner. He's also been taught that fairies are real, and that...
0: Yeah, it, it all sort it of ties does. in together so with ties his sort in. of old fashioned yeah, leaves. Yeah, he,
1: and it's so, like, interesting and, and scary. It's That's the scary one. And it's, like, not even the really scary topic, either. It's about fairies.
0: Yeah, because... Yeah, it's a change. I mean, like it's it's conceptually scary, but it's not like necessarily a threat. Like the the person who's supposedly the changeling is the one being threatened. Like changelings aren't aren't really ever like a danger they just kind of yeah they suck and then the person that
1: gets stolen away lives with the fairies like that doesn't sound that bad
0: yeah like (laughs) it's yeah it's about something being taken from you but it's already happened like the changeling in their place isn't like a threat to you maybe you just don't like them or they're gonna you know let you down or they're difficult to take care of or something and like as an aside they do sort of go into the idea of like where changeling stories came from and as a way of sort of people not understanding what's actually going on, explaining away mental mm -hmm. illness or um, developmental disabilities where, you know, some person either undergoes a rapid change in their life. Maybe they are suddenly experiencing clinical depression. And of course, back then, they didn't know Mm -hmm. what clinical depression was. And so the loved ones are sitting there thinking, you're not the person that I know. Like, you're...
1: You've you're been stolen who away who by fairies. I
0: love, you, clearly, yeah, you're something else. You've been taken away, and this is somebody else because this isn't the person that, that makes I know. Me think, I mean, that's super a tragic.
1: Because they said it happened to children a lot too, and that makes me think of um, oh, yeah. some forms of autism where like it doesn't kick in mm-hmm. until they're like two or three, and then it's just like well, a complete personality honestly, change, and they and they go silent.
0: And and and. With you know these kinds of things, sometimes it would happen that you know it, it wasn't necessarily a sudden change, yeah. but you know the the infant was just you know as they g- developed, you're like there's something wrong with this baby. There's this this isn't a normal healthy baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know somebody with. Uh, congenital disorder, oh, yeah. you know, developmental disabilities or whatever, and you think it's like this like changeling thing happened very early. Like, that, my baby, my little infant got stolen away and replaced with a sickly fairy baby. Yeah. Uh, so yes, they do go into these kinds of things with all of the episodes, all the topics of like, here's the real life explanation for why these stories happen. And I these think that
1: that was probably the best part of They Made a Tonic was like, um, the first episode was like all the stuff about the heart and like mm-hmm. and how uh, in the anima.
0: Yeah, with the spirit and the
1: yeah and like how, oh, if their body's not all the way decomposed, we have to exhume them and kill them. Yeah, again.
0: And, like clearly they're a monster and there's something wrong. It was
1: so it was like and and, and I loved in that episode during the the sort of like uh, dramatization they they dig up one of the the children of the of the main character. And she's not, like, completely rotten yet. And that's their explanation that she's a vampire, yeah, basically. Yeah, she, she hasn't decomposed um, properly. But then one person, uh, one little, I don't know, minor character's like, it's just been cold! Yeah, like, she was she was kept <laughs> in a
0: shed in the wintertime. Like, she she was just preserved naturally. This isn't... Yeah, the doctor um, is there. She's like, guys, come on. But even he comes around at a certain point where he's just like, fine, superstition it is, I guess. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, but can you imagine, like, the consumption, what was it, like, a third of everybody in New England or something cons- like that? Yeah,
0: it was crazy, the number of people in the 1800s that died of tuberculosis. So, like, people becoming desperate and, and turning to crazy ideas is completely understandable. Um, I mean, horrific, but, like, I, I yeah. they didn't know what was going on. And they, they did go into, like, how... Uh, or was it no maybe it was in a later episode This is just sort of related you didn't watch the one about the haunted house right um the séance one yeah no you just watched I did
1: it. watch that one yeah so i watched they made a tonic black stockings and passing notes passing
0: notes passing notes was passing notes. yeah
1: the spiritualist the spiritualist one,
0: one. Yeah. i feel like that one has a lot to do with the first episode it does um the it does, idea cause of... they're
1: both about the spiritualism and they also mention the two um philosopher people um, or the scientists, there was, like, one who was talking about the anima. Yeah, m- was and it? And then one was talking about the animal energy or yeah, whatever. Yeah,
0: Mesmer with his, like,
1: animal yeah, magnetism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, those are really similar. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's what sort of sparked <laughs> it in my mind that they're similar. And, you know, this is a time where, like, science is progressing by leaps and bounds, but medical yeah. science is sort of lagging behind. And so people are mm-hmm. open to all of these crazy new ideas of things they never thought were possible, but they don't know where that line and they're is also they don't trying know how to, how that like, will extend they're
1: trying to piece together how science and religion fit yeah so they're like how do they fit do they fit are they conflicting i know that in passing notes there's a moment when i think one of the doctors is like or somebody's like um it might have even been uh the narration it was like um oh i lost it <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was something about like oh somebody said um the, this new science, it fits perfectly with with our conception of religion. And I think they were talking about the seance stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it was... Yeah, the guy um, in, in passing notes, the patriarch of the family, the father saying, like... Uh you know, the, cause the priest was like, listen, like you're, this is crazy stuff. And this isn't, you know, this is irreligious. And he's saying, no, like science is allowing us to witness the wonder of God in a way that we never have. Mm -hmm. God, I believe intends us to see his creations in this new way. Now, like this has always been here. We just haven't been able to observe it.
1: Yeah. And I thought it was cool because like the whole seance comes from a scientist, Mesmer, um, Well, and
0: let's be clear, he didn't actually invent that, just sort of, like, spun off from his concepts.
1: Oh, yeah. No, he didn't invent, like, this mystical way of communicating.
0: No, he was just a hypnotist,
1: basically. He was a a hypnotist who did stuff with magnets. Yeah, Um,
0: Yeah, it's weird.
1: (laughs) um, And, like, some seances sometimes have, like, a a hypnotism factor in there, but... um, Somebody going into a a trance or something. Yes, yes. Um, But... It's just interesting how it started off as, like, a scientific kind of thing, and then it sort of spun out into this. Yeah,
0: because they just didn't know. Like, they were just, there was so much in the world that they were learning about that they just never conceived of before. So they were just like, anything is possible.
1: Just anything is possible. I love those twins that just made a big buck out of it. Oh,
0: the Fox sisters. Yeah, they're an interesting (laughs) case. Yeah, yeah, I I, I know about them. I,
1: I absolutely love how he saves, like... The tidbits really towards the end. So, like, he talks about them uh, probably about a third of the way through the episode, and he's like, Yeah, they did these seances, and, like, they were super popular, um, and it was really crazy and cool, and talks about all that. And then near the end, he's like, They were total frauds.
0: It was made up, completely made (laughs) up. They were producing these clicks and pops with their bodies, and they they were just really good at, like, conning people.
1: Yeah. Which (laughs) I love. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and, like, they get into Houdini's whole, like, Right, that was really cool too. Crusade, mm-hmm. and uh,
1: then and then of course, like there's so much each episode talks about. Like then it goes into Sir Arthur Conan Doyle about yeah. his like obsession. Oh, and that that recording. Yeah. Okay, I so I want
0: to look into that.
1: I, I'm gonna right. I want. I really wish I would. I knew if that was real or not. Okay, yeah, so I basically can... for listeners out there, um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was friends with um, Houdini. Houdini did not believe in um, uh, spiritualism. The supernatural.
0: And man, Arthur, Arthur Doyle, he,
1: was he obsessed. In
0: everything he believed in fairies. He believed in ghosts. Like, well, and to the point where he says, "No, I don't believe. I know."
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. And then um, his his widow, like, for ten years, did seances to try and contact him. No, that was him.
0: Houdini's widow.
1: Was it Houdini's widow?
0: Yeah, Houdini's widow, because he was like, "This is all, all made up." And so for ten years no. she tried, and at the end of the ten years she was like, "Yeah, we're never going to talk to Houdini again. This is okay." Work. There was He's that,
1: and there. then there was somebody was contacting. Oh yeah, it was that giant séance they did for Arthur Conan Doyle.
0: Yeah, where and they supposedly got that recording. They
1: got so basically they got this recording of him saying, you know, basically like, "Oh, my wa- wife and kids, I love them. This place is really weird." i don't know it was it was so creepy
0: yeah i so this is another thing i want to get into because i feel like maybe this show wasn't produced with the rigor that i am used to from the podcast okay i'm i'm Concerned that there are, um, maybe with these producers' hands in it, because the podcast is pretty much strictly an Aaron Menke affair, Mm -hmm. whereas they're making this TV show, maybe there are people who want to play it up, put some ancient aliens nonsense in there. (laughs) uh i think that maybe well i like i I know for certain that there are kind of factual slip-ups in this show that i don't i don't notice in the podcast it's possible that they're happening and they're just not things i've caught but like in the um in the first episode when they're talking about safety coffins he makes the claim... Uh-huh. They make the claim. I'm not going to put it all on Aaron Mankey. He just happens to be the narrator. Yeah. They make the claim that mm-hmm. the term saved by the bell comes from safety coffins. That's a bit...
1: Right? It's not true. That like, That's a, little... a bit
0: of sort of... Folk etymology that gets passed around in yeah, that's that's just not true. It's a popular misconception, but it's like that's not what I expect. And so it calls into question a lot of other things. Where it's like you're gonna you're gonna say something like that that's just like provably false. So it makes me suspicious of the rest. In that that
1: case, in that case, I would blame a writer because his tone says that like oh, it's kind of like a joke. But the, the the words he uses are like, yeah. oh, that's where it comes from. He should have said something like, oh, makes you think Saved yeah, by the Bell. Yeah, I'm going to say that there is
0: some stuff in there that I, I think that maybe in the podcast he may not have claimed. He may have you know been a little bit more, he may have done more due diligence on his own, but I believe that because yeah. of studio expectations, there is some stuff that was put in there that isn't necessarily credible.
1: Yeah, they're probably hamming it up a little bit and trying to make it uh,
0: like, Because here's the thing, with with the podcast
1: more, and Aaron Mankey's you know,
0: editorialization he's like, I'm telling these stories as they exist. Now there are other explanations for these things. Do we know what happened? No. So I'm just going to tell you this story and it's, you know, it's a question mark. What happened... for real like where these things came from and you know sometimes he'll tell a story and then be like and guess what probably none of that is true because these people that are featured in the story there's no record of them existing like like he's like these are stories that get passed Mm -hmm. around and this is folklore and it doesn't necessarily come from a place of you know, factual reality, but these are the stories that people tell. And that's what the focus is for the podcast, is these are the stories that people tell for whatever reason, and we can speculate what actually happened or why these stories came to be, but this isn't necessarily, you know, he's, it, like it, like I said, it gets into some kind of ancient alien stuff, this Discovery Channel weirdness, where they're yeah. just like, and it happened! Whereas I don't think he <laughs> would take that tone in the podcast normally.
1: Yeah. and 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 I think that's why... It was hard for me to get into the show at first because of that, like, it's, it's a little over the top, just like, again, with the genre they picked, mm-hmm. um, and the sort of style of the show that so mimics those cheesy, you know, ancient aliens, like you said, but like ancient aliens, like, I, I hope they don't try and go more in that direction, that or not. but like I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world because ancient aliens is entertaining as hell.
0: Yeah, but I think it's a disservice to the original podcast series. Oh, for
1: sure. I, I you know, I haven't really listened to the podcast, but I would agree. Like, and you can tell that um, Aaron is really in, like, he loves this stuff. So hopefully it stays about where it's at with, like, some of the, like, slip-ups and and over-dramatization. Yeah. And not, like keep going overboard
0: you know yeah because i mean honestly and what i really want to talk about today i think the most sort of interesting thing to talk about to take away is not like because you know i'm not concerned with like and did it happen for real it's like we don't know i don't know probably not but it doesn't really matter because the point is why are these stories being told you know mm-hmm. this these yeah. this is folklore this is the stories that people are choosing to tell each other this is this is what's being passed down this is what it, it's it's a it's a finger on the pulse of our culture and our fears and that's i think the much more interesting thing to consider you know, why do we want to yeah. talk about you know why do we want to tell these stories
1: yeah and I think black stockings of the ones that I watched was probably the most important for various reasons. Like it shows you, um, really in your face, like treatment of women
0: and the mentally ill and in
1: the mentally ill. And it, and it, and it's like, it also shows you like where anger can lead you to. Yeah. It's um, sort
0: of cautionary tale and fear uh, yeah, I mean, this This is a story of yeah. a woman who's pressing against the confines of her culture. She's grieving, and she doesn't get along with her husband. Like, that's all that's happening, <laughs> you yeah. know? Well, and also, it's also,
1: like, she, she's sort of pressing against the confines of her culture, but also, like, I think they mentioned a little bit later, they're like, oh, she's not that weird. Like, that's, that's just the way things are kind of going now, you know? Yeah, she she was um, just,
0: she was a modern woman. Um, yeah, and then and and then her his obsession with cultured- those black
1: stockings. His obsession yeah. with the black, yeah, those black stockings. And her red really knickers. Oh my. Yeah, that's so like. But the thing is, that's still happening. It's so.
0: I mean, yeah, I think that's why we both responded to that episode so much, is because it feels yeah. so pre- so prescient, so relevant still.
1: Well, I mean, like, they, in the episode, they talk about. Um, uh, I think it was in that one, um, where they talk about committing women to insane asylums. And it's like, that was happening until, like, the 70s. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, where a, a man could just have his wife committed because he yeah. felt that she needed to be for whatever personal reason or, or because
1: of um a hysteria.
0: Yeah, you know that which real is, thing that is, exists which is
1: a, a made, yeah, a made-up disorder for women. Just to say that they've oh, wrong Oh, it's them.
0: it's your uterus. Those crazy uteri, they'll just make you do all <laughs> kinds of stuff. <laughs> Something's wrong with your uterus. That's the only explanation. We got to lock you up yeah yeah so
1: oh was that uh, was that black stockings where they talked about hysteria
0: honestly they're kind of blurring together for me
1: yeah i think i think it was but that having the pictures of the women in those um in those asylums was chilling it was chilling but it was it also felt really positive because um half the pictures were taken taken by a woman
0: yeah, and and, it and just those felt, I thought were
1: beautiful. Yeah,
0: they were really loving portraits. I mean, I guess the chilling part is like, I'm so sorry that this just normal-looking yeah. woman had to go through this. Like, she's just yeah. some lady. Like, yeah. what, what was she put through, and for what for yeah. what? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and, and and I think that's what really I think ties this show like all together is the actual evidence you see from these events. So like those photos and like because I mean in the mm-hmm. drama, dramatizations there's photos of the actors and you don't get any sort of realism there. Um, yeah, it's just an, just another this, way of
0: telling the story.
1: Yeah, exactly. But when you see these real pictures, mm-hmm. you're like, holy cow!
0: Like this is real. This is an
1: actual like this is a scan. <laughs> yeah, of a photograph that was uh, yeah. taken in the eighteen hundreds. That's or that's na- or late,
0: one know, thing that I I. 1800s. One thing that I like about the show and, and, and do appreciate about the switch of format is it, that, you know, there are times when it's like, I want to see what that place looked like. Or, I want you know, like, I want to see that photo that he's talking about. And now I can't. Like, in the show, it's like, and here it is. This is what it yeah. looked like. And so I don't necessarily have to go out and, like, do that kind of homework. Um, just yeah. you know, to sort of save well, my and, own curiosity.
1: Um, that makes me think of uh, My Favorite Murder, which I've been listening to yeah. a lot. Um, so good. They, they're always the like, "Oh, here. here's a picture of him. Here's a picture of him." I'm like, "Oh, I want to see that picture."
0: Oh man, yeah, I know. I had <laughs> not the pictures
1: up. of not the pictures of the, some of the murders because I don't think I could handle that. But no. like, it, it's that weird um, wanting to see who did it, you know?
0: Yeah. Or man, okay. Have you listened to the episode on the Axe Man of New Orleans?
1: I haven't yet. No.
0: Oh um, man, because she gets into this sort of conspiracy theory, theory stuff on that one, which is really oh, fun. Yeah. Where she's like, well, okay, I, I I'm like gonna go off on be- a thing yeah, now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we've talked about it before because it was in a American Horror Story uh, plotline.
0: Yeah, but like it goes off on this whole thing about like, yeah. and there were all these murders that were going on, like all, and it's like they kind of, it's the same M O, and like maybe all of this was him, and maybe you know he moved around a whole lot and went out, and, you know, into his old age, he, uh, you know, was still doing this, and then there's this freaky ass photo. <laughs>
1: oh
0: no. Um it's so crazy. Like I can't really recall how they tied it, how they how she, you know, claimed that it could have been tied to this guy. Um but supposedly there was this like naval ship that was being decommissioned. It was a ship or a submarine or something. I think it was a ship. It was being decommissioned and so an officer was sent to like take photos of the interior just to catalog it before they decommissioned the ship. Um, standard procedure. Now, it wasn't powered on, so he had to be down there with a flashlight and a camera. Oh, can't do yeah, that. Yeah, know. yes nope. <laughs> shit already. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but so he's just going through, snap, snap, snapping. Mostly the light that he's got is coming from the flash from the camera. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right. And he sends the photos in, and then he gets a message back from the higher-ups like, um, um, who is this in this photo? And he's like, uh-huh. what? And there's nobody there. I was by myself. And there's the photo of this freaky looking old man like coming oh. out of the darkness and this guy didn't even know he was oh my there goodness. and it's so scary I he's can't a do really that. scary looking old man
1: so <laughs> see, and... see, you know the the house we were in last night for the event yeah the basement is pitch black unfinished huge it we had to go down oh there God. to find something and it was so scary i was like i, can't do, this. I can't do this it was a horror movie basement and they do photo shoots down there like scary photos and like cool dark oh. photos yeah I was I I was like nope nope nope,
0: <laughs> <laughs> gotta get out gotta get out, yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah so that's that's one thing I do appreciate about um this show is that that some of that is just already there for me so I don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to like just be curious or go and Google yeah. it or whatever, um. um but then there is the question of the sort of rigor of it yeah. um, with that Conan Doyle recording, especially where I'm like, what is this? Like, I need more explanation.
1: Yeah. There has to be
0: more to the story than just I, like, I, and here's a recording. What do you think? At least
1: tell <laughs> and, us where that, like, where it's stored. Like, is it in a museum? Like, who has hands on it? Yeah, like, where did this I, come I, from? I, I need it I needed, I needed to be anchored somehow. Because.
0: Uh-huh. It's, and so that's what it makes so me suspicious. it's so clear,
1: too. It's so clear.
0: It's so clear. I mean, and I will say, it's a good impersonation of him. Like, it sounds like his voice on that video yeah. that they took mm-hmm. of him where he's talking about his knowledge of ghosts. Yeah. Um, like, it sounds like his voice. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's the fact that they don't give you more makes yeah. me suspicious of it.
1: I'm Googling it right now.
0: Oh, good. That's nice of you.
1: Printed on 78 RPM vinyl by the gramophone company LTD. Um, took place at seen, uh, Small Queen's Hall in London. A transcript is there. Oh, it doesn't really.
0: Not really information on the background of it.
1: Okay. Um, let's see. People say that only triviality has come through and affecting. Rec- oh, this is. Weird. There's a lot it's a big chunk of text. And I'm just like, what?
0: Suffice to say, the fact that, you know, there's not really any follow up about it, any other like context yeah. for it makes me dubious.
1: Yeah, and it does it does its job in the sort of dramatic reveal sort of way. Mm-hmm. Like it gets you creeped out and gets you questioning. Which I think is is good for the show because all of this, cause some of this is like, oh, how would they ever believe that? But then it's like, oh, well, now you're starting to believe, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, which is cool, but I think it would have been nice. Um,
0: mm-hmm. I mean, but yeah, here's I the really, thing. Yeah. I, I find that a lot of the time, at least in the podcast, his focus is maybe um, the tragedy that comes along with superstition. I mean, it's fun to believe in superstitious stuff. That's why we're listening. That's why we're watching. Because on a certain level, we want these things to be real. We want there to be something out there that we can't explain, that we don't know. Uh, But then it leads to terrible things, like men murdering their wives because they think they're fairies. It, You know, it's... And so I, I find it a little um, maybe hypocritical for them to then like propagate these things without the kind of rigor that I think oh, that yeah. it, it is due. Um, yeah. and, and so it's it, it's and well, I don't yeah, and it's a it's a pitfall that I don't feel that he falls prey yeah. to in the podcast. And so I do believe Got that it. it is studio interference that's causing this sort of tonal yuckiness. Yeah. Because yeah, at the end of the day, Aaron Mankey's stance on the podcast is always. I don't know, like, this is the information that we have, and maybe there's another explanation, maybe this happened, uh, it's 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 left sort of up to you to interpret things, um, and when there is further information he does give it, he says like, you know these people that, you know, this this supposedly happened to, didn't exist like this, (laughs) there's um, gosh, I think it was an episode of the show, so that's Good. Um you know, maybe it wasn't. (sighs) No, I'm I'm just totally because it's because of the like overlap between the show and the podcast, I'm getting mixed up (laughs) as to what actually existed uh in the show. Um there was this story this short bit um, you know, I think it was the podcast where um he's like there's this insane asylum and these two inmates escaped, um and then they found it's the Bunny Man one. I don't know. They they found oh, okay. um one of them was killed and the other one had like written in his blood like the Bunny Man is, was here or something. And then like there's mm-hmm. this bridge that he was supposedly hung from and all of this stuff. And this legend sort of persists in this region of like this. Psycho killer that escaped from this asylum and is still out there in the woods somewhere um, Except that that asylum was built after that event supposedly happened There's no record of either of these two men existing and there's no police reports of any of this stuff being found so Like it's a it's a bit of folklore that still persists in the area and like teens go and like hang out at the bridge and scary But like it's just fiction
1: Yeah (laughs)
0: <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and you know, he takes the time. And so it does put the focus more on, you know, why is the story being told and not necessarily whether or not it's true.
1: Yeah. And I think at least in, in our modern time, having the misinformation or the, 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 the lack of information on stuff like that recording... You might send a, a, a viewer into a spiral, a Google spiral, just hunting it down to figure it out for themselves. Or they might get really excited and, and want to research spiritualism. They probably won't go a, little, like, a bit dark with it. But you never Fair. know. You never Fair. know. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, there is something, I think, irresponsible about withholding information.
1: A little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: because, I, I mean... It's a little sinister. Yeah, they're not withholding it because it's irrelevant. They're withholding it because it's a buzzkill.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know,
0: it's 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 I don't know. Under. I hope they do maybe. like a
1: they. I hope they do like an amend, amended or like you know how some reality shows they'll be like, oh, we're going back through the show again, but with like.
0: Um, here's a Here's a under, new. Footnote, look at footnotes that.
1: and footnotes and stuff and and yeah. uh, special footage. So I hope they do like um like little behind the scenes kind of thing. And I think they might have some on there. I just haven't checked yet.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. There are other videos, but I don't know if they're just like... I think they were just trailers. Yeah.
1: But yeah. that would be interesting. Or like a commentary, even.
0: Yeah, I I, I do want to... I mean, we're, we're, um, we're running a little low on time, but I yeah. do want to sort of talk about um, the idea of, like, m- monster stories and why we tell them and what... You Know what because that's that's sort of what they, they do try to get into is yeah. the idea of like, and this reflects this fear like, this is why this story is being told, this is what this means culturally. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I read this really interesting article about, um, even now, like the popularity of zombie stories versus vampire stories actually correlates to whether a Democrat or a Republican is in office. Whoa. During Republican years, we're scared of zombies. And during Democrat years, we're scared of vampires.
1: <laughs> that's so interesting.
0: Isn't it? Wow. Like, that's. Those and, and, and are and the our, movies. The, the weird that are thing being is that it
1: totally makes sense to me.
0: Yeah, like Clinton years, that's when we got interview with the vampire. Uh, you know, Bush uh, Jr., we got, you know, a big lot of zombie movies. That's when the zombie craze happened. Uh, like it's kind yeah. of interesting mm-hmm. and so you know it's like maybe I mean you know it's it, you can really only speculate but it's like I get that like during Republican years we're afraid of like assimilation and mob mentality and I mean you know it's at this point zombies have sort of become a, a metaphor for like consumerism consumerism and also like
1: um, very apocalyptic um, post-apocalyptic um, mm-hmm. also like yeah
0: yeah whereas vampires it's sort of like a a a fear of like being too hedonistic and liberal you know the (laughs) idea that like you know, it's sexy and it's and then, you know, there's the sort of parasitic yeah. side to it. Like, I totally get how those fears connect with the fears about those particular political parties. Yeah. Um, and so things like that where it's just like, God, like, it's crazy what we're afraid of and when and why. Yeah.
1: And the, the interesting thing about they made a tonic is like, they're afraid of losing their family. Or more of their family to tuberculosis, and the fear isn't irrational, but their supposed cause is irrational. Of this, yeah, it's of of their former loved one sucking the life out of them from the grave
0: like how. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah, on one level it is sort of, you know, this this explanation for for what's going on in the world around you that you don't understand. But then, you know, as we we continue to tell these stories as we have explanations for them. So like what what are what are what are we still telling these stories for? Like yeah. why do we still tell vampire stories? when we know that they're not real you know it's one thing to tell a story of a thing that you think might be out there it's another to continue to tell that story after it's been disproven
1: yeah and it and it and and it's not just like because we do we do come up with new reasons for some of them depending on who's writing it but like for the most part the the rules stay the same of the monster the rule of the monster stays the same um and -hmm. it's just so interesting especially in in the it's it, it's the birth of the modern american vampire and it has nothing to do with how we see them these days almost like you know other than life force sucking. yeah
0: they it, yeah it's sort of somebody returning from the grave to to come and kill you yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah beyond that it's it's i mean i guess there's i mean there's the claim in that that they're like drinking their blood away but yeah. that's you know that's the connection to consumption to tuberculosis this this bl- blood loss that comes along with that yeah disease and then also like
1: the the way that they 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 solve the problem is by taking out the heart
0: yes which is how you kill a is the... getting the
1: heart you know um
0: stabbing that heart. yeah i don't
1: i don't i don't know if i have an answer for like why we keep I think part of it is like humans are so in- ingrained in us is this want to, to to share a story, like not only to tell one, but to hear one and to like put your own spin on it because it's been so ingrained in, in our history. Um, and these ones are just, they, they just excite us. And even if they don't like, like think of Greek myths, like they were used to yeah. explain like natural phenomenon and like. They're still super
0: interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and you, so you didn't finish the whole uh, six episodes. The final episode is a werewolf one. Okay. Um, and the dramatizations for that were really interesting. Most of the story was, most of the episode was about this story of this, um, and it, again, this was one that I knew from the podcast, um, Bedberg, Germany, this, in, in um, the Middle Ages, there was a werewolf. There was a man who was executed for being a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Um, He was likely a serial killer um, who, you know, was mentally ill. And, you know, I mean, there is an actual, they talk about this actual medical diagnosis, uh, uh, psychological diagnosis of lycanthropy, which is somebody who believes that they are turning into an animal or they are an animal. And so it's possible that this man, like, he believed he was a werewolf and he was murdering people and they executed him for it. Um, and so, you know, that is one that's still, like, is very relevant. Like, even if, you know, we're not necessarily going to believe this person when they say they're a werewolf, these villagers may have believed him, example. it doesn't really matter. A modern
1: example, or a modern realistic example, would be from Hannibal, where there's that serial killer who, like, adorns himself with the bones of animals and gives himself teeth and claws, you know?
0: He's basically a murder furry. Yes,
1: basically. There
0: you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's
1: like the premise, right? Of the original story. you Yeah. Know?
0: Yeah, someone who's you know becoming an animal and doing things about it. Um, yeah, it was a really interesting yeah, story, I, a really interesting I, conversation. I could probably handle
1: that one. I'll probably go back and watch that one. But I like this the the one about the the ice pick lobotomy. I don't think I could handle yeah. that. <laughs> and then it
0: was pretty. And good, then the
1: indeed. the doll one, I might be able to handle, but not a night.
0: <laughs> Robert the doll. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's honestly, that's an interesting. Story. That's a that's a very popular story of Robert the mm-hmm. doll. Um and I mean yeah I'll say like I don't think it's actually because I mean it is still sort of a question mark it's like there were claims that this doll got up and walked around but you don't see that because you know the only people who really saw it are the people whose sanity is in question okay. Um, there, there is one scene where it's sort of implied that maybe this doll is like on the other side of the door um, <laughs> but um you know it's just a doll and then like maybe some bad stuff is happening because okay. of it. Um, so yeah, the dramatization is not really okay, scary yeah. at all. It's just
1: a little creepy. Ghosts and, and like haunted objects kind of creep me out a bit. So I'll see what I can do. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and it's not... I, that's the interesting question with Robert the Doll is I don't know that it's necessarily I mean, quite a haunted object because I, I don't think it's ever implied okay. that Robert is being haunted by a particular spirit is just sort of like a malevolent doll. Got it. Got it. <laughs> you know, it's like he's just he's more of an imaginary friend okay. than he is a ghost.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'll probably yeah. I'll probably take a know, look at both that one and the werewolf one, but the the like the l- yeah. Anything bodily I usually can't do these days.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely a, re- well, that one, you know, that's more of a sort of a rational, like, immediate yeah, fear. Yeah, and it's I like, would, thats a thing. to like, anybody, that to really anybody
1: wanting to, like, wash these, for the most part, they're not too gruesome, they're not, like, gory, they're not... No, no. not at There's all. some, uh, and they made a tonic, they sort of, uh, anything that would have been gross, they kind of, um, almost show as, like, uh... I don't know. They they visualize it with animation usually, so it's like
0: yeah, and like very stylized, yeah, it's very stylized, um, almost removed. symbolic.
1: Um,
0: yeah, there's a lot of cutting away, a lot of the, the um the werewolf one can get a little like gruesome with like oh, and then it's yeah, blood yeah, spraying, yeah. but like it's not you're not seeing people being rendered yeah. limb from limb or anything like that. <laughs> it's uh it's pretty um safe for TV. Yeah, and, and anybody so... um
1: watching that the. the I would also give a little warning for black stockings. Like it's really intense in terms of like
0: trigger warning for physical and emotional abuse. Uh, yeah, domestic for abuse. Sure. Like that's that's definitely one that can be emotionally really difficult to yeah. handle. Not necessarily for gore reasons, but just for you know personal and traumatic yeah. reasons. But it's also
1: like of the ones I saw the most well put together and important. I think.
0: I agree. I think that that one stuck with me the most. I'd say that's sort of the star episode is Black Stockings. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, do we have anything else we want to talk about it?
0: Um, you know, I, I feel like I've probably made all of the points sort of that I that I had to make. I will say, like, if you enjoy this show, go and listen to the podcast because I think it's better.
1: <laughs> I, I would say <laughs> I think if it's you'd better. like the genre of the sort of over-dramatized um,
0: History Channel, you know, all those.
1: This is a a better version of those. Um, So if you like those, you'll probably like this as well. Or if you like folklore. Uh um, And it's like a mixture of folklore and... um, Oh, I almost forget the name of it. It's like um, like a modern folklore kind of... Uh,
0: Urban legend? I don't know. Urban
1: legend, thank you. That's the exact word. Uh, Yeah, urban legend. There's a lot of urban legend mixed in too, which I... I, I love you know it. as
0: a as a little aside just uh last minute aside I'm kind of questioning the um the lobotomy episode because really? well I don't know that it's really necessarily a, a relevant story for the series. It's not folklore. It's a real thing that okay. happened. Like there's no question <laughs> of what occurred. It's not folklore. It's like yeah, this is a historical event, a historical occurrence. Yeah. This doctor was performing transorbital lobotomies and he performed thousands of them and this is documented So they didn't fact. tie
1: it into some other thing?
0: Yeah, there was nothing supernatural or... Oh, wow. Like, it was just like... Yeah, he Crazy. was performing lobotomies <laughs> and it was bad and, like, maybe you can sympathize and understand that he thought he was doing good and he didn't know what else to do and they were in sort of a bad situation with mental illness treatment at the time and people believed Mm -hmm. that like the these patients were better off this way because they were curbing their violent behaviors but ultimately they were just rendering people you know with brain damage and there there wasn't anything like supernatural or spooky happening it was just like yeah this is just a really tragic thing that happened in not too distant history so it's a it was a weird choice i thought
1: um, that made me think of, uh, oddly enough, Bojack Horseman, which I just finished. <laughs> um, lo- there's a character that receives a lobotomy in, 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 that show and it's so tragic.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just the story of this real life tragedy that happened. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's some really great stuff that drives it home. Um, there's this scene where, you know, at the, near the end of the episode, his partner is like, dude. Like maybe we need to shut this operation down because now there are medications out there that are basically doing you know yeah. pre- preventing the same effects without brain damage and I don't know that we're really helping anybody we're just making people easier to care for um, you know it's like it, this is this is a mercy to caregivers not patients. And mm-hmm. he's like, no, these people, they're grateful. I've helped them. I've got these Christmas cards. Who received, what doctor receives Christmas cards? And like, they spill all over the floor. And mm-hmm. he's like, his, patient, his, his partner is just kind of like disgusted with him and leaves. And then uh-huh. the, the doctor opens up one of the Christmas cards and it's just scribbles inside. Like, oh goodness, <laughs> it really <so> drives, <laughs> uh, yeah, it just drives home. Like, no, like he wow. believes, he really believes yeah. that he's doing good. But like, he's just, he's just ruining people.
1: Well, and again, oddly, Bojack Horseman, um, so, uh, Bojack's grandmother, who I don't believe he ever met, um, gets a lobotomy because she's just so distraught after her, her son dies in war, um,
0: Oh, my gosh, and... like that's um, that's almost exactly something that happens in this episode oh, wow. of lore, except that it, she doesn't actually his his wife um' they lose their adult. That's weird. like I wonder if it's based on this story because yeah, they it, lost it their yeah. their son, who was a soldier. He died mm-hmm. in an accident like right after coming home from the war, and she's so so grief stricken that she like that you know, she maybe wants a lobotomy and he doesn't end up lobotomizing her, but like the question is like, would she be happier if she just yeah. was like brain dead?
1: Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily perfectly correlate because it's like her husband makes her get this lobotomy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it sounds sad. very
0: inspired by. Her yeah. It,
1: it, I mean, it, you could definitely see the connection. Um, but later in the series, it really comes back to haunt the characters because she can't be a proper mother anymore. Yeah. Um, She, she, she stops looking after her daughter and, and, and like, I, I want to say that like a fire, there's like a fire because she's not paying attention.
0: (laughs) Because she's incapable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, interesting Uh, That's my like odd, like endorsement of BoJack Horseman. I didn't get it at first, but it's like total, like sad cartoon. Like (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah i think we talked about it a little bit with um with our last guest um but yeah so i just thought it was a weird topic
1: yeah well and and that's very very much in the vein of like the discovery networks and all their sort of
0: yeah i just thought it was a weird especially when you've only got six episodes like to have this one that just seems so um thematically different
1: I think having six episodes is a good amount. I know that seems kind of kind of little for some shows, but it they're they're longer episodes. They're like forty five minutes or something like that. Um, I thought that mm-hmm. was six is a good number, especially for like them trying out a new a new like this is not something that usually gets put on you know Amazon or Netflix that sort of and, thing.
0: And especially you know it's adapting podcasts into television shows right? is still <laughs> a pretty big experiment. Like that's you know the, and and I'd say this it, it does. Um, outline sort of the what how good it can be but also the pitfalls like there are definitely some problems with this adaptation and so there's still a lot to be sort of learned and how to properly adapt a podcast into a tv show
1: yeah and you know hopefully it's the first of of many because i think my favorite murder would be great yeah i mean
0: but do it sort of drug history style oh my where... god that would be so good <laughs> yeah where you've just still got the two of them like sitting on a couch telling the stories that's how you imagine that cut away to like that's how you imagine in your head and... when you're listening yeah i think that it would work out so well to do it that way
1: <laughs> wow and
0: that way they don't have to be like oh we'll put a link to the photo oh right. you can google it like they can just put it up and yeah. we don't have to we're, yeah, I think that would be really really fun
1: <laughs> <laughs> one and they're also like they like try to make stuff a little lighthearted because it's scary.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's horrible help. and awful and so they want to sort of cut the tension yeah but and that's another thing um, that I just really appreciate about my favorite murders they're so respectful towards the victims like it's always they, they never glorify murderers they never, you know, it's always, like, that person is sick and we need to think about, you know, this person that this happened to. Yeah. Like, they're the important person in this story,
1: um, is the victim. This is totally off topic and we don't have to put it in anywhere, but um, did we did we, <laughs> did we talk about Mindhunter yet?
0: No. Yeah, I, I, I'll put this as, like, a little bonus or, you know, our yeah. little bonus episodes or something. Because, yeah, I haven't, I'm really, really curious and I haven't I binged, watched it I yet, it I love... in,
1: like, less than two full days. Holy I cow. I love
0: Jonathan Groff. I, love him I didn't even too. know about this show. I spent like half an <laughs>
1: hour talking to my coworker Leah about Jonathan Groff and our love for him. <laughs> um,
0: no, he's fabulous. Um,
1: so in the in in this show, he oh it's, it's it's he's such a complicated character. He doesn't seem so at first, but by the end, like interviewing serial killers, you're gonna get fucked up.
0: Uh-huh. It it, it kind of sounds I mean, like I said, I don't know a whole lot about it, but it kinda sounds like maybe it's a little closer to, like, the Hannibal novels than the Hannibal adaptations are? You know, where it's like, you know, maybe it's, it's, it, this character is closer to Will Graham in Red Dragon than, like, TV Will Graham is.
1: Well, it's... How do I... It, it's very realistic, and, it, and I think it focuses more on um, the relationships... Um, of the, the FBI agents
0: mm-hmm.
1: than the, the, the discoveries they're making. Actually, it's probably half and half. Um, mm-hmm. So you, you see a lot that they go through as people, these FBI agents, and then you also sort of see, like, you, you don't get a lot of different serial killers. You get a couple big ones.
0: Yeah. Well, and yeah, and I'd say that that's, that is sort of closer to what, um, the books, the, you know, especially like Red Dragon are, you know, it's like Red Dragon is the story of Will Graham investigating the Tooth Fairy murders. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. That's what that book is. So, like, it's not all of that weirdy stuff that we love about the Hannibal TV show. And and,
1: and (laughs) honestly, the really cool thing about it that I found was, um from My Favorite Murder they talked about um, uh, I don't remember his like serial killer name but like he strangled all those co-eds
0: oh yeah I don't remember the the murderer name either but he's
1: the first person they interview oh yeah so it's just like seeing it from both sides of like I got the whole rundown of his whole um, story from My Favorite Murder and then you go into the show and it's like Oh, they're interviewing him. Yee.
0: And it's, it's not like
1: the real interviews, but it's like... Yeah,
0: but it's... But,
1: I mean, the transcripts exist, or, like, the notes exist, so... Uh-huh.
0: Th- they're it's, basically... It's a, it's a recreation yeah. of... Yeah, and it's so
1: crazy, because he's, like, so sure of himself. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, it was so funny, because, yeah, that last episode of Lore, the werewolf one, they start, start talking about serial killers, and they go uh-huh. into this whole thing, you know, to sort of tie it into, like... Contemporary yeah. serial mm-hmm. killer consciousness. They talk about the Son of Sam murderer. Yeah, and he's, um, and see, then he's I had like he's just in the
1: Mindhunter as well because that's happening and that's what's get, starting to make them think about maybe there's a pattern.
0: Oh wow, that's so funny because yeah had just like a, like the day before I watched that episode of Lore, I listened to a recent yeah. episode of my favorite murder about yeah. the Son of Sam, yeah, and I was uh-huh. like, oh, yeah, it's weird. so cool. It,
1: that's so cool. How it all connects. <laughs> And, like, yeah. uh, another really interesting thing is, like, you sort of assume that all of these serial killers are going to have, like, similar, like, oh, very intellectual, very, like, cho- very particular about what words they choose. You think they're all going to be like that, but they're all that, so Yeah, Hannibal
0: Lecter style, yeah. like... Yeah, and,
1: and the first guy's like that. but The, the intelligent
0: but, psychopath.
1: Exactly. The first... The first guy they interview is like that, but then the the two others after that, they're like completely different, and it's so strange. But then that makes their job both easier and harder, because they're like, okay, what connects them? And then it sort of points out the things that they can look out for to stop them.
0: Well, I definitely need to watch my You need now. to. It's like... <laughs> I think I'd love it's it. It's not like
1: the best show ever, but it's, it's going to suck you in, like...
0: I think it's probably got a lot of the stuff that I like because obviously these days I'm really into true crime stories. And I mean, Mm -hmm. Mr. Jonathan Groff is always a delight. This is a really
1: (laughs) different character for him in some ways, but it's like he also doesn't change himself too much for it. Like he still sounds like himself which, I mean, I don't know. How (laughs) can you change that? I don't know. Anyway, but by the end you might not recognize him because he changes so much. Because but like <laughs> right, again, who who wouldn't? You know? But I <laughs> yeah, would say I would through. say a, a content warning for anybody listening, like they do show crime scene photos. Um
0: Yeah, this is a crime show. Yeah, so the
1: first there's not really any actual murder that you witness except for in the very first like ten minutes. There's like mm-hmm. an inaction kind of thing happening. But yeah, it's there's some, some gnarly topics on that one. But like just prepare yourself, but it's real good. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so last minute, I want to um, recommend a couple of podcasts I've been listening to because they're just so fun. Yeah, I, I want to I start doing this. If I find a new podcast, yeah, I want to like, give it, it. I, and, it. I mean, obviously, I'm mostly going to be recommending podcasts that are a lot more um, popular than ours. So I don't know how much <laughs> my recommendation is going to mean. But I still want to tell people what's good. Because I like it. Um, I've been listening to a couple of podcasts made by the same dude whose name escapes me. I feel bad. Um, but I, I found uh, Myths and Legends podcast. It was recommended Ooh. to me by Stitcher because I've been listening to lore. Um, and <laughs> it, this is, you know, similar sort of thing where this guy is telling you the story, you know myths and legends. Like, he's talking about folk tales, he's talking about fairy tales, he's talking about myths. Um, But he, especially as the series goes on, he tells them in a really fun sort of conversational way. Like, it's very much this writer's version of these stories. You know, he's paraphrasing, he's, you know, putting his own little spin on it. He's, you know, making up some funny dialogue. Like, he's, he's telling these stories in his fashion and it's really entertaining and fun uh he starts you know the series sort of starts out he's talking about like Arthurian legend and he tells like the whole uh Volsung saga like that the you know <laughs> Wagner's ring cycle is based on and it's it's like four episodes that he's just talking about this saga but especially the later stuff is just really really fun sort of tellings of these folk tales <laughs> that like a lot of it is stuff I've never heard before um very fun stuff, and then he has this other one, um, called fictional, which is basically the same concept but he's retelling classic literature. Oh, uh, so it's really, really fun for him to like do this two part episode where he's just like paraphrasing Dante's Inferno. <laughs> And it's just really entertaining. Like well, I, I know too, it sounds weird, but I like not it. Not everybody lot.
1: wants to read Dante, you know.
0: But you kinda wanna know what it's about. That's how I feel about <laughs> yeah. a lot of classic lit. Like, I oh, apologize, yeah. like, to all the English teachers out there and all of the classic lit authors that are dead now. Like, I wanna know these stories, but I'm not gonna necessarily sit down and read the time machine. So can't this boy just <laughs> tell me the story of it? I'm much more likely to do that. <laughs> Oh, so well, and
1: honestly, like again, going back to what I said earlier in the whole folklore thing, like you want to hear somebody tell a story because you're more engaged, you get a like experience the subtleties in their mm-hmm. speech. Um sure you can get great and amazing stuff out of reading too, but like there's something really exciting about
0: well, and period. it's like a friend telling you about something yeah, exactly. they read or whatever, and oh, like he yeah. does some great sort of editorializing sometimes when he's like, "And if you're wondering why they decided that this was a good idea to do this thing, I am too." Like where he's just like, <laughs> yeah, "This part's weird and silly, and I don't get it. I don't know. Like, just go with it." <laughs> so that makes me think,
1: um, So they they made a, a prequel show to um, to Sex in the City called The Carrie Diaries. Yeah. Um, And I stopped watching it about halfway through the first season, but my best friend watched the whole thing. It was so much more enjoyable to hear her recount the whole thing to me than to actually watch it.
0: Well, yeah, I've been doing that with with Dylan, with my brother and Marvel comics. He got this yeah. subscription to um, like the digital backlog of like all the Marvel comics. And so especially for a while there, he was just reading comics like on his lunch break, like every single day. So like, he'd come home, I'd come home from work. And I'd be like, Alright, what did you read today? And he'll like, tell me the story about the Hulk. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> And, like, like I, I don't want to read those comics. Like, he was reading them for me because a lot of them are just not fun to read. They kind of suck. Like, 70s <laughs> superhero comics aren't good. Yeah. But, like, I kind of want to mm-hmm. know what happens in them. So yeah. for him to be like, oh, boy, let me tell you about Moon Knight It's <laughs> <is> very <laughs> fun. Um, so, yes, uh, yeah. Myths and Legends podcast and Fictional podcast. They are both a good time if you want to hear a funny person tell you some interesting stories.
1: Uh, I have a, just a couple quick ones. Um, so my couple of friends from college, they do a video game podcast. It's really well done. Ooh. It's called Fans of the Genre. Um, Definitely
0: gonna check that out.
1: They are wonderful and they they know what they're talking about. They love video games and they play a lot of video games. they they they're basically video game journalists because they do a podcast, so they they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, then we have um, Crimea Riverdale. Which is a Riverdale um, recap episode episode recap podcast hosted by um, Mikey Mikey from Movies with Mikey, and then also um, what's his face Um, from Rooster Teeth? From Rooster Teeth, uh, Gian Risinger. Um, yeah, and then... Yeah,
0: I believe we we talked about it a little bit on our Queer Comics episode. Oh, yeah,
1: we did, but I just like to make sure... (laughs) The the new episodes are coming out of Riverdale, so, like, if you watch it, it's really great to follow up with that. Um, And then the final one, I want to... Actually, two more. Um, Making Gay History Season 3 is coming out. It's an amazing thing if you want to learn about gay history and the real shit that happened and the real people that did it. Like it's not mm-hmm. just sto- like there's more than just stonewall like yeah there's yes. somebody like more you or- than
0: stonewall and harvey milk yeah
1: there's there's people like you and me doing crazy amazing shit so highly recommend that there's also he also does a book it's uh d- hosted by eric marcus he was a, uh, a journalist and he's incredible and then the final one is um the poetry magazine podcast uh, it's the editors from Poetry Magazine, which is one, like, a really big popular periodical for poetry. Um, they have a, uh, a monthly one and a weekly one, and they just have, uh, people from the issue read their poems and they talk about them, and it's really cool, because, you know, not everybody gets to, to hear somebody explain, or, like, talk about the cool parts of a poem. Um, and that's why I like it. It's like, once a week I'll just be like, oh, let's listen to this poem, and then hear people say what they, uh, thought about it, so...
0: Cool. Well, gosh, now everyone out there has plenty to watch and read if they're bored. Like, (laughs) you got all your recommendations you could ever need. There you go. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay. So brief announcement. We are uploading uh tomorrow um as of when this episode goes up tomorrow is halloween and we are uploading a special bonus episode um in honor of all hallows read um which is this great project spearheaded by neil gaiman where you you just read and share scary stories for halloween buy your friends scary books read your own scary stories write your own scary stories so um we are going to be uploading a special episode tomorrow where we are each going to share a a scary short story that we enjoy. Um, so if you just want to pop that on and have a fun Halloween listening to some spooky stories, uh, (laughs) I hope that you will join us for that.
1: That does it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to us on YouTube if you absolutely love us and like us, or like the video if you like us. (laughs) Like us if you like us, okay?
0: <laughs> uh, you can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Anchor.fm. Please rate and subscribe so more nerds can find us.
1: Check us out on Twitter at Lit for updates and news.
0: And thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, Fraud, from his album, Artificial Heart.
1: Until next time, remember, no, no guilty, guilty pleasures.
0: pleasures.